The Free For All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one, Deb Hutton is here, former advisor to two Ontario premiers. Jerry Agar, host of the Jerry Agar Show from 10 to noon, right here on News Talk 1010. Scott Reed, political commentator and advisor to uh, Prime Minister Paul Martin. Good morning, everybody. And let's actually start. You know, we don't know an awful lot about this story, so I guess we have to be measured in the opinions we offer. Um, but uh, Deb Hutton, 12-year-old girl, ends up being tasered by the cops in Oshawa. I think almost anybody who's ever been involved with kids would think eventually things could get to the point where you might need a taser. Well, I mean, we do know a few things, John. I mean, one person was taken to hospital. It appears as though there are multiple uh, incidents with this girl. It was in the middle of the day in a school setting. Like, there's nothing right about that. Uh, whether or not the police officer needed to use taser obviously will be a, a discussion and an investigation. But at the core of this is the notion that a 12-year-old girl got to such a point that a police officer had to even consider tasing her. I, I just, I don't know how we get a handle on this, but it feels as though it's getting younger and younger and more violent and more violent for a, a certain group of our of our society. And, and I don't know what the challenge is. I don't know what the problem is and I don't know what the fix is, but man, this is scary stuff. Jerry Agar, your thoughts? Well, it is a tragedy that we're talking about a 12-year-old. I think that these kinds of things are inevitable because we're not managing this at the school level. I hear stories all the time from teachers about violence in their classroom and there's nothing they can do about it. So you've got a classroom full of kids and nobody's learning anything because the one kid is a problem. And I don't care how old you are, you don't want to get tasered, don't beat up on people. This was, from what we know, a very violent young girl. And Scott Reed, like I said, we still don't know an awful lot about this. An investigation obviously will be conducted, although apparently not by the SIU. Um, but, you know, I'm not also not uh, reflexively going to say that anybody who gets tasered by the cops doesn't necessarily deserve it. Uh, yeah, look, um, not only do we not know any of the details, but, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here behind a microphone. Not feeling very threatened. So it's very, very difficult for me to say, well, my God, how could you possibly be tasering a 12-year-old? You would obviously love to imagine, you would like to imagine, and certainly we hope, that you go through every other possible option on the checklist. But if somebody's being violent, perhaps that's the only option that was available. So I, I, I don't want to pronounce on that. I think that Jerry's point is an important one. And Jerry may be surprised to hear that I agree with him, but I strongly agree. I think the issue of... Um, violence in schools, the potential, the escalation of tensions and aggressions in school, what teachers and people who are on school grounds, instructors, principals, um, administration, what they are and what they're not permitted to do in terms of discretion to intervene. I, I think I think there is a real question as to whether we've drawn the line in the wrong place. And I'm not suggesting that cures all of society's ills, um, but at least might make our, uh, uh, our, at least what appears to be happening in some of our schools, a little less alarming, uh, or at least allow for people to intervene before it escalates to, you know, real, like literally tragic proportions. Let me stick with you for a second. And having worked in the Prime Minister's office uh, yesterday, revelations in the House of Commons that apparently India may have ordered and even may have carried out directly the murder of a Canadian citizen. And Scott Reed, first of all, I guess this explains that maybe Justin Trudeau wasn't the big moron that people 
were saying he was because he didn't want to shake hands with Modi. Yeah, you know, I was literally saying to a reporter yesterday morning um, off air that, you know, I was puzzled by why more people weren't asking more questions about how come Canada had suspended trade talks with India, that it didn't really make sense, and that everyone's assumption that Modi was mad at Canada, so that it just didn't scan, and then lo and behold, you know, uh, this... Uh, you know, this revelation comes along, which, you know, I'm not suggesting I predicted that quite the opposite. It's astonishing. I'll say this. Uh, issues of Sikh nationalism, how that's treated, the Indian diaspora and how that's looked upon in India. Um, you know, we've seen that that's been an issue that's been with us for decades. Um, I can remember back in the 1990s, CSIS offering up warnings about politicians who were interacting with um, you know, seek political organizers in the lower mainland and BC and Surrey and so forth. So this issue's been with us a long time. But it's important to underscore for people who watch television shows and think, oh, this kind of thing happens all the time. This kind of thing does not happen all the time. This is extraordinary. Someone who's a Canadian citizen on Canadian soil murdered, and it appears as though there's credible links to the uh, Indian government, that puts Canada in an awkward spot. Like, that forces the prime minister to be this explicit about it. And the fact that media know about it means that the prime minister has no option but to be explicit about it. And that creates all sorts of bilateral tensions. And we're we're two big trading partners. We are two big allies. And um, it just, it puts, it, I, I assume there's just an incredible degree of clumsiness and baldness and boldness involved in the way India handled this. And... Um, and that's not right. That is just flat out not right. And now we're all jammed because you can't just pretend uh, this didn't happen and tuck it under the carpet. Deb Hutton, you know, none of us are necessarily experts in international affairs or especially in India. But uh, Scott Reed was saying this doesn't happen all the time. He's right. But it is a tale of as old as time. I was pointing out earlier on the show, uh, Thomas Darcy McGee was murdered owing to Irish politics. Yeah, but, you know, you're stretching far back to find that example, John. This is huge news. This is a, a huge problem. I agree with everything Scott said. The question is, how do we deal with it going forward? Because you cannot let go the notion that a Canadian citizen was killed on Canadian soil purportedly by a foreign government. It, it, it just it can't stand. Jerry Agar, quick thoughts? No, I have nothing to add to what they said. All right, that is my analysis also. Yep. Um, a prominent businessman takes out a one-page ad in the newspaper calling Toronto a declining city. Um, I would venture that if this ad had been taken out by the Coalition to Overcome Poverty, nobody would pay any attention, but uh, Mr. Caldwell gets attention. Jerry? Yeah, well, um, I it just, you know, I, I can't give you a whole bunch of statistics, but it kind of feels like he's right. Like the, you know... 12-year-old girls uh, committing crime and getting tasered and what's been happening with violence in the TTC and uh, you can barely afford to live in this city and that you know Metrolinks and the like can't build anything like it's it's hard it's getting harder to be a civic booster John Although, Deb Hutton, you know, I've been here for 20 years now, and while I do worry about what I call the zombies on our streets, I don't know what the hell is going on there, I don't believe this is a city in decline. This seems to be a city that is in one of the best periods it's ever had. So the bottom line for me, John, is I don't feel safe in a way that I used to feel safe in my neighborhood and in, in the places that I go, and I don't feel safe for my kids. My girlfriend last week in our neighborhood had her house broken into at 8 o'clock at night. Uh, 
the guy was obviously looking for car keys. This will have been, that would have been their second car being yeah. stolen, just like our family. The only reason he left, and it's all on her video footage at her front door, is he actually locked eyes at her eight-year-old sitting at the island in the kitchen doing her homework. Her eight-year-old. A man entered their home at eight o'clock at night. I don't feel safe, and I don't feel safe for my kids, period. Scott Reed, do you think Toronto is a city in decline? Yeah, I, I I think that we all share those concerns and anxieties, but I think we also have to be honest about the fact that you know, like let me put it this way, uh, I, it this individual claims that he experienced some personal violence, and that is that's horrible, but there's just something that rings a little wrong with me that a guy sort of goes, my God, now that's happened to me. This is a citywide calamity. Now that I've experienced, there's just like there's a big you know, it's like two scoops of privilege going on here also. And, uh, you know, this city's been tough for a, a lot of people for a long time. And I don't know, just like I'm rich enough, I can take an ad out in the newspaper. And now I'm going to pat myself on the back and saying I'm a civic duty by uh, ringing the alarm for everything. I, 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 I don't know, man. It just there's there's something that just smells a little bit precious to me about this whole thing. A lot of people would probably use that word to describe the federal government summoning executives from the grocery retail business to Ottawa. But the oddball thing here, Deb Hutton, is it may end up, I don't know that government has a role in keeping prices down, but it may end up working just through the process of humiliation. I don't know about that. I mean, this this to me just reeked of uh, a, a, a bit of a soap opera, right? We're going to call them in. We're going to put their nameplates down. We're going to sit them down. We're going to march them in. Like, what did they think was going to happen? That you know, Galen Weston was going to put up his hand and say, "You got me." I'm going to roll back my prices by 20%. No, because it is not as simple as that. It's not all the retailers are to blame. They're not without blame, but they're not all to blame. There is a supply chain issue. There are lots of issues going on here that go beyond Canadian soil. And there there needs to be something done, generally speaking, but a, a meeting with the big guys and the CEOs and threatening to tax their profits or whatever it is they're thinking about, I just think is a stunt quite frankly, and doesn't actually achieve anything. Okay, and Jerry, it's easy to represent these executives as cigar-chomping bigwigs who are exploiting everybody for their basic food on the table, but at the same time, maybe it works. Well, uh, it doesn't help that they've been caught a couple of times colluding on prices. Uh, so, you know, they, they have that to deal with. But let's take a look at that reality here. I mean, cutting back uh, the groceries by 20% is not going to happen. Let's talk about profit margin as opposed to regular price. They used to operate in the 1% or 2% range. Apparently now they're somewhere in the 4% range. Okay, so their profit margin, the money they have left after all of their expenses, is let's say 4%. Let's cut that back by 25% so they can get buy on three. Now your $100 grocery cart is $99. Do you notice the difference? I don't think so. That's not where the problem is. Scott Reed, your thoughts? More than one thing can be true. It can be BS politics. It can be a stunt. Um, and it can also have an effect. And I mean, look, take it at face value. Yesterday they emerged saying, listen, we've agreed to try to do something. So we'll see what kind of plan they come up with come Thanksgiving. I, I, I will give this common man rant. 
Everyone now is using this government tease work of, well, we need to stabilize prices as though the problem was volatility. So it's like, well, I'm upset the prices are going up and down. Actually, no, I'm upset that they're going up. I don't want you to stabilize prices, okay? Don't give me a false promise. I don't want prices to be stabilized. It isn't volatility. It's that they're going up. I want I want these prices to come down. Don't stabilize, diminish them. And if that's not possible, then don't promise me this. But I love how the language all slipped to yesterday to stabilize. We want to stabilize. Because what's really bugging people is that the price is different every day. No, what's bugging people is that the price has gone up. Thank you all. Good to have you today. Lively discussion. Deb Hutton, Jerry Agar, and Scott Reed. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.